Well, isn't God good? Amen. Stand with me, if you will. Be honest with you, pray for me now. I, I, I want to know what direction to go and what to preach. And I want to mind the Lord this morning. Would you sing? Do y'all know God is so good? Do y'all sing that chorus? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. All the time. God is so good. jump right into this will not be a traditional message but I want to share some things with you from Psalm chapter number 23 and the reason I share this with you this morning and I want to mind the Lord and I I just uh, I know the Lord's gonna do something whenever I don't feel settled about a sermon it just uh, and it didn't feel settled quite with the sermon that I had this morning and but I want to give you a truth out of Psalm chapter number 23 I won't keep you extremely long this morning and how many have already sensed God's presence been here already the Lord's been good to us. And now how many you know when God's presence shows up, usually before that, the devil starts to try to make a mess of things. And uh, I think uh, when something goes wrong at the beginning of a service, I always say God's going to do something special. Now, you may not look at it that way and you may look at it as a distraction, but I'm going to tell you when, when Miss uh, Judy began to sing and the songs were the wrong and I said, God's going to get into this thing this morning and God's going to do something. And so, man, I love it. Don't you, don't you love it when the devil tries to show up and God just says, uh, I'm still here? I like it, man. And uh, I'm praying the Lord does something in your heart this morning. And uh, I'm coming out of Psalm 23 because of this. I was, I was going through a very difficult time. And many of you know the song that, that's called You Were There was written out of the time where we lost our first uh, little baby that we were expecting. And I began to read on, on the recommendation of a preacher who... I respected, and he said, uh, make Psalms every day part of your Bible reading. And I, and I felt like David could really capture the heart of loss and the heart of turmoil in the book of Psalms. And so I started reading the book of Psalms, and, and God gave, I can't tell you the comfort that God gave me. I, I stayed in the book of Psalms in my devotional time for just under three years, about two and a half years. And let me encourage you this morning, if you are going through a tough time, read the book of Psalms. And a psalm, oftentimes you'll start, you'll see where David starts off the song and he's in, and he's in depression and he's in the, down to the dumps. But he said, man, refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. But then by the end of it, he's shouting the victory and talking about the goodness of God. And I like how he ended the book of Psalms. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And God's been good to us. But I began to read Psalm chapter number 23. And to be honest with you, I read the first verse and I got to... I got to that little phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, and I just began to weep. And I couldn't get past that. And so I stopped there in my devotional time, and I really just made it a time of prayer after that. And the next morning, I got up, and I read, the Lord is my shepherd. And I began to research that word, Lord, right there, and I began to say, man, he's the Lord. Do you understand who is my shepherd? It's the Lord. 
And then the next morning I got up and I read and I began to weep again because I began to focus on the word shepherd and to talk about God leading me and shepherding me and how God through the turmoils of life was guiding me and, 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 and the fact that God, would even get, that God would call me one of his sheep and that he would shepherd me. And then the next morning I got up and read the same verse and I began to weep again because I got on that word my. He's my shepherd. He's a personal God. And I'm so thankful he's a personal God. He's not just looking at Bethel Baptist Church. He's looking at you this morning. To the youngest young person that rode in on a bus this morning, do you know, do you know God is interested in you? And God cares about you. God cared about me. The first time I rode a bus, I came on a bus to church. The first time I rode a bus to church, I was three, I was four years old. Nobody knew my name. Nobody even remembered me. I just went back to that same church for the first time in 31 years, Brother Calvin. The first time in 31 years, I went back to that church and I said, you don't know me. You never knew what happened in my life. You, but I want to tell you, I rode a bus here when I was four years. It was an independent Baptist church. And I rode a bus here when I was four years old. And I said, I've been preaching for the last 25 years, the gospel, Lord Jesus Christ. I said, matter of fact, right now I'm on my way to preach at a church in, in Michigan. And I said, God's been good. And I just wanted to let y'all know that God used you in my life. But God looked down at that little home and that 15-year-old mother who was 19 at the time with a four-year-old boy. And God said, I care about that little boy, and I'm going to send somebody that's going to help him. Amen. He's my shepherd. Yes. But I had a conversation several years ago with a man who's in heaven now. He was a missionary to Haiti. His name was Bob Johnston. I don't know if anybody here knew or heard about Bob Johnston. He died horrifically in a car wreck about two years ago. His wife had had cancer and leukemia. And when they were in our missions conference, they, the doctor gave them the announcement that her cancer was in remission. They've been through battle after battle after battle, some of which you could not imagine in the country of Haiti. But when he was a little boy, he said, I was a sheep. He said, my dad and I had some sheep. And Brother Bob Johnston stood and sat at a table with me, I'm sorry, and, he, and he, for about an hour and a half, he talked to me about Psalm 23. And I just want to share one of the two things this morning that he shared with me out of Psalm chapter number 23. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. We need to hear from you. We already sensed your presence. You've been here in spirit. And God, I pray right now you take the next 15 minutes, Lord, and be here with your truth. May you make an indelible imprint upon our souls this morning to make us hungry and thirsty for more in this week of revival. May we not meet in vain, but God, may you do it once again and meet with your children. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
When you begin to understand the truths in the book of Psalms here in, in Psalm chapter number 23 and the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I just want us to take a little bit of time and this won't be my traditional outline. Normally my points all either rhyme or they start with the same letter and this is absolutely no outline. I just want to talk about God this morning if that's all right. And the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And I want us to take the time this morning to think about what a great God that we have. Our God wasn't made of some statue somewhere. Our God wasn't a figment of somebody's imagination. Our God wasn't a God that we picked out of a bunch of gods. Our God is a sovereign God of the entire universe. He is Jehovah God. He is El Shaddai. He is the self-existing one. Nobody created him and he created everything that is. I'm glad that God didn't come tonight and I have to rub a bottle and he'll pop out of a bottle and grant me three wishes. But I'm glad there's a God that I can answer and I can get some answers to prayer from. I'm glad that my God doesn't cause me to strap a bomb to myself and go kill people for him. I'm glad that my God killed himself for me. And I'm glad that he died on an old rugged cross that he never asked me to give my life for him, but he gave his life for me on the cross of Calvary. And that's the God that I can say he's my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I don't have to be in want. Aren't you glad for a God that the Bible says, my God shall supply all your need And listen to this. It doesn't just say, my God shall supply all your need. Now, that would be enough right there. That would be enough if he said, my God shall supply all your need. But he said, not only can I supply your need, but I can supply your need according to my riches and glory. Now, I can say I can help. Listen, you ever heard heard anybody say, you know, if you need anything, just ask me. That's the biggest lie, praise God. (laughs) If you need anything, ask me. And I had college professor. If you need anything, just ask me, but don't ask for my phone number. Amen. Because you don't call me. And, uh, but if you need anything, ask me. But we got a God in heaven that says, if you need anything, ask me. And not only does he say that, because, and I, I've said that to people. Now, I try not to lie when I say it. Not like, you know, most Baptists. And uh, my, my wife sometimes, tell, somebody will call on the phone, tell them I'm not at home. Amen. I don't lie like that. And, uh, if you want to lie, no. But I don't have the means to take care of you. Pastor so graciously in the church here, when I was here in, uh, in June, I think it was, I preached over in London and I came over here and I was asking about some, a fellow that we had bought a tire. Last, time we, last year when we came here, we blew a tire just at the end of the beginning of Ambassador Bridge to come into Canada. And I mean, we made that little circle. If you've ever been on the border, we made that little circle and we heard, you know, and we started hearing, and that's not a good sound. We came around that circle, and just at the end of, the, just at the beginning of that bridge, that thing went like this. Eh. We had to get out and change it. And we got a tire when we were here. And I wanted to get some of those same tires because I knew I needed new tires on my car. And, and uh, when I drove, because I drove over here last year in my car in June. And uh, I, I started to look around and said, preacher, I said, do you know where I can get some tires cheap? You know, da, 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 because the exchange rate, I can get. And he said, he said, well, let me, let me, let me make a call. And graciously supplied the need, God supplied the need for the tires. Now listen, if you need new tires in here this morning, don't come ask me. <laughs> I don't have the wherewithal to get you new tires this morning. And so if I come to you and I say, if you need anything, call me, and it's above a Happy Meal at McDonald's, don't call me, okay? I've got about enough for a Happy Meal and maybe a supersized fry, and that's it. 
But the one who's telling you to call on his name has all riches, all power. This is how much God thinks about our wealth. We look at it, man, I, people all the time, you got to invest in gold and invest in silver and this is going up and the market's going up here. God thinks so much of your gold and your silver and your precious stones that he said, you know what? My sidewalks are paved with that stuff. Yeah, we, listen, my father has riches in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. That same God is the one that we worship this morning. That same God is the one we sang about this morning. That same God is the one we bow on our knees and begin to thank and to praise him for all that he's done for us this morning. And if he's, listen, if you've got breath in your body right now, you have got something to praise and thank him for. But then he said this, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Aren't you glad for a God that can bring peace into your life? Not only is God able to provide, he's able to bring peace. And I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know who came in here discouraged this morning. But I came to tell you that there's a God who said he, Jesus himself, was a man of sorrows. And he is acquainted with grief. And he knows how to bring peace into your life. And if you're standing here this morning and you're in storm-crossed life and you're broken. And maybe your heart, your heart has been broken. And maybe you're going through difficult financial times or relationship times. Can I tell you, God is the one who is able to bring you into green pastures this morning but not only that he said he leaves me beside the still waters brother Johnston told me that morning he said brother Allen he said now you got to understand something about those green pastures preacher my pastor and I were having a discussion years ago and he, I said I said preacher isn't it interesting that the shepherd never comes down and takes the head of the sheep and throws it in face down into the ground until it starts chomping on grass Here's the job of the shepherd. The job of the shepherd is to provide a space for that sheep to eat and to thrive. And how many times God has brought us to places in our lives where we should have been eating and we should have been thriving, but we decide not to eat. You understand this morning, God has brought you into a place that, listen, and and there's a a freedom to worship here. That's not in every church. Some churches, if you raise your hand like this during church, they think you have a question. Some churches, man, you see somebody raise their two, and we're so scared sometimes to worship God because of some freaks and geeks on the latter part of the end that don't want to that worship God in, in a false spirit. But listen, I want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Yeah. The truth is the word of God. The spirit is, hey, sometimes it makes you wave your hands. Sometimes a tear may escape your eye. But I'm glad for a place of green pasture this morning that we can eat and we can thrive and we can worship God in, in spirit and in truth. And you ought to thank God for a church that believes in old-fashioned worship of God. This is one of those green pastures. But it's up to you whether you eat this week or not. Mm. Well, we're going to have revival. No, the church is having a meeting. Whether you have revival or not is up to you. We can schedule the meeting on the schedule, but we can't schedule revival. Revival happens when God brings you into some green pastures. Sometimes those green pastures are a sermon. 
It may be a particular sermon, but the preacher can preach the sermon all he wants to. I've preached the same sermon the same way in, some, in two different places, and I promise you there's two vastly different reactions to the sermon. Why? Because Brother Johnson said, listen, I can take two sheep and I can take them to the same pasture, but one will eat until he's gorged and one will be starving. Why? It's what's in you that matters. God wants to take us to some green pastures this week, but it's up to you whether you eat or not. Some of you don't know for sure if you were to die right now, you'd go to heaven. Man, well, my heart was so thrilled and overflowed. And I mean, man, I, I, we could have shut down the service right there. And God had already met with me once people started standing up and say they got saved and baptized and made life-changing decisions. Man, my cup was already overflowing. But I'm going to tell you, there's some people out there who weren't saved, who didn't get saved. There's some people who should have surrendered. They didn't get surrendered because there was the same sermon. We were in the same pastures together, but one ate and one starved to death. Then he said this, he said, he leaves me beside the still waters. Brother Johnson told me when he was a boy, he said, I, I went, I put out a, I put out a, somebody, how many have a dog? You kids have a dog or a cat? If you have a cat, I have to break fellowship with you. Okay, no, but you put that, you put their little water bowl out there. And Brother Johnson said one time, he said, my dad sent me out there to, to feed those sheep or to, to give them some water. And he said, he said, I put that water bowl out there. And he said, I knew the sheep were, I mean, they were thirsty. And they said, they put that water bowl out there. And he said, normally they would have come and they would have sucked that thing up so fast. I mean, I would have had to put another little pail of water out there. But he said, they wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't touch it. And he said, I couldn't figure it out. He said, and he went outside again. His dad said, well, check if there's ice. It was cold at that time. He said, go check if there's ice on the top. And he went out there and sure enough, there was no ice on the top. He went back in. He said, Dad, he said, I don't understand. He said, the sheep won't eat here. He said, what are we going to do? Maybe something's wrong with them. And his dad said, ah. He stepped outside and he said, son, let me teach you something. He took that pail and he moved that pail two feet this way. Just moved it a little bit. And when he moved it, They sucked that water up so fast. He said, Brother Allen, this is what I learned that day from my dad on the sheep. He said, where I put the water was in front of the barn. He said, the water was blowing on top of that water. And it was troubled waters. He said, sheep will not drink at troubled waters. When my dad moved it, he moved it to shelter and it became still water. Y'all listen to me this morning. The reason why some of your homes aren't spiritual is because you're in troubled waters. And if you will allow the Lord to speak peace, be still, you're going to find out that you're getting more, by the, by the way, the water of the word, that's what it is. And the reason why some of us aren't getting the word inside of us is because there's so much turmoil because the James said from whence cometh wars, they don't come from the outside. They come from within our souls because we are divided spiritually. It's us and the world and we're friendship with the world and friendship with the world is enemy with God. But I'm going to tell you this morning. And by the way, I've seen church after church. If there is turmoil in churches, I promise you this, there's no spiritual revival going on. 
And what we want to do this week is for God to make us peaceful and God to make some of you this week, God wants to bring you into peace with that person you've been fighting with, with the attitude against the preacher, with the attitude against that other Christian. And he wants to bring a peace and a calmness to this church so that the word of God can go forth with power. But those trouble, I'm telling you, I've been inside of churches. I've preached in churches where I had no clue what the problem was until God moved the pail of water and people began to get right with each other. And then the word of God started to have free course amongst the people. And isn't it just like us as Christians, just like the Sea of Galilee and the disciples were so afraid. And then they even got to the point in their water turmoiled life, they got to the point where they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They said, God, you don't even care about us anymore. And they began to question the hand of God, the promise of God, because Jesus said, listen, when you go to the other side, when Jesus says, when you get to the other side, guess what? You're getting to the other side. And they begin to question God himself in the form of Jesus Christ saying, God, I don't believe you've let there's so much trouble around us. And, and Jesus is able with what? With three little words, he's able to bring peace. Now, we've got three days of revival. I wonder through those three words that'll come if God could bring peace to your life in the word of God. Couple other things about these sheep that he taught me. He, he said, Brother Allen, he said, and by the way, look, look at what it says. He leaves me beside the still waters. Listen to this. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, Brother Allen, we had a sheep one time, and this sheep got out. And he said, he said, my dad, could, my dad took me right along the trail and we could see this sheep. And he said, we could see in, in that tall grass. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was waiting for somebody spiritual. <laughs> All you sat there and watched me unblessed. But uh, He said, he said, Brother Ali, he said, my dad, my dad said, come here, son, let me show you something. Don't miss this. He said, that sheep was walking. He said, he got out there in that wilderness part and he got out there in the tall grass and he said that sheep, all he did all night was walk in this circle. And he said, sometimes he'd cross it and he, he said, you could, you could tell where he would, he would try to, you know, lay down, but he couldn't, he could never get settled. And he said he would just walk and walk all night. Boy, doesn't that sound like Christians? You know, we used to sing that old song, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. He said, Brother Allen, that's why. He said, sheep, if they're not being led by the master, he said they can never get settled down and they never get the rest that they need and they never get the nourishment that they need. And I'm telling you this morning, this week God has sent us around and some of you have been walking around and walking around and walking around and you can never get settled and you're not getting the sustenance that you need and you're not getting the rest that you need because you're not being led in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He is the great shepherd, and for his name's sake, listen, God's not, God's not going to let his reputation go to the dogs by not taking care of you, but it is your decision where he will, whether you will allow him to lead you into paths of righteousness. Some of you, you know how it is. You, you, you've been walking in circles, haven't you? 
And that cycle of getting right and getting wrong and getting right and getting wrong and in your marriage, things will be better for a week and then they're horrible and then they're better for a week and then they're horrible. You know why? Because you're trying to figure it out and all that we sheep can do on our own is try to settle things our way and it's nothing more than a bunch of walking in circles. But if you will allow him to lead you for these next three days, he can put you on a path of righteousness. Notice the difference. This is wandering. Just remember, this is what Israel looked like for 40 years. Because they said, we don't want to go on the paths of righteousness. Hello? We don't want to go on the paths of righteousness. We don't want to cross the Jordan and, and, and we're in Kadesh Barnea. And so for 40 years, this is how they looked. 40 years until Joshua and Caleb, everybody else had died off. And they said, okay, we're finally going to go into the promised land. And they were finally led into the paths of righteousness for his namesake. But then he said this. He said, leave me in the pasture. He restores my soul. Then he said this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I, I want to share this with you, and I, I don't have time to go into expound this here. I'll, I'll share this with you, and I'm done. He said, Brother Allen, one night, he said, I heard, at my sleep, I heard the sheep bleeding. I mean, he said, they were, they were screaming. He said, my dad, my dad yelled down to my room and said, son, get up. And he said, I knew what that meant. He said, I grabbed that old shotgun and I started running outside to where they were. And I stopped and say this, this is why we can say, we fear no evil for he is with us. Yeah. You know, that shotgun there, it wasn't, it wasn't to take care of the sheep. It was to take care of that wolf that might've been outside. There's some things in your life, some of, you, some of you, you're fighting God and you're worried, well, this shotgun looks scary. It's not for you. It's to take care of what shouldn't be there. I don't have time to emphasize this, but it said, it said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You notice he didn't say the valley of death? Because for a Christian, we're just a shadow. I'll never experience death like the lost person will right. as a sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Praise God. See, for us, whether God raises Brother Chris up or not, whether he goes through the valley, it's just a shadow. Yes. He said, it's said in Romans that he took the sting of death away for us. Yes, God. It's got no more stinger. Listen, I'm allergic to bees tonight, but if you take the stinger out of them, I'll let them land on my hand. But see, when the Lord's with you, he can take care of business. I don't have to worry about anything. But then he said this. He said, we got outside. We got outside. And he said, my dad was like, hold up, son. Hold up, son. He said, we don't have anything to worry about. And he said, dad, what are you talking about? He said, the sheep, they're still bleating out there. I mean, they're still, ah, ah, ah. that wasn't a very good one, was it? And uh, he looked at me like, that one stunk, you know. He said, we got out there and the sheep were still bleeding. I said, dad, what? He said, no, son, it's not a wolf. It's not a coyote. He said, come with me. There was another sheep that had gotten out. Don't miss this. There was another sheep that had gotten out of the sheepfold. And what happened was when this one got out there, the other sheep will start calling out 
to that lost one. Yeah, y'all don't hear me. (laughs) When a sheep gets lost, the other sheep will begin to call out to that lost one. Can I say first and foremost, if you're lost in here this morning, we're calling out to you. Because we know how good it is to be in the sheepfold. We know how good the shepherd is. And we want everybody that can get in here to get in here. Well, I remember a young man, I forgot your name over here. What's your name, buddy? Drew. I remember when Drew got saved last year. And man, he came out of that side over there bawling and a squalling. You know, there wasn't a thing wrong with it. Everything was right with it. And you know what happened after Drew gave his, but in Austin, when he got saved, you know what happened? What happened was when he started, when he found his way home, everybody else started hearing that call. And others began to say, and man, others began to get saved and others began. And all of a sudden in the youth group, more people began to get saved and more. We're just calling out to one another again. What a wonderful thing it is. But what about, what about somebody that you know that could get saved maybe tonight or Monday night or Tuesday night? Would you invite them? Would you call out to them and call them back? Maybe somebody that's been out of church. Maybe somebody that's been backslidden on God. And you know they've been away and you know they're struggling. Would you say, hey, pick up a phone and begin to call out to the lost sheep? But then he said this. He said, what happened was, brother, Pastor Free, the, the, the sheep came back. But it was outside the fence still. Because it couldn't find its own way back in. It wasn't until the shepherd went out and opened the gate again and guided the sheep back to where it's supposed to be. You know, that's what revival is. Because you and I have a tendency to get outside the sheepfold. And we find our way back. And sometimes we're, we're knocking on the door. Okay, God, I'm here. All right. If you'll allow the shepherd, he's going to open that gate. He's going to guide you back to where you're supposed to be. Would you allow him to be your shepherd this week and far beyond this week? If you're not saved in here this morning, can I say, we've got a great God. And man, we'll sing it sometime this week. If you knew him like I know him, man, if you just knew the goodness of God, taste and see, the Bible says that the Lord is good. I got a good shepherd. I got a good shepherd. Will you let him lead you? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Simple message this morning. It's not even a complete message. It's really just a thought about our great shepherd. Here's something. Here's even, here's something even cooler. Maybe I'll share it tonight. Jesus became a sheep for us. He's the only shepherd that ever became a sheep. And sacrifice himself for the other sheep. I wonder if you're here this morning. And may I say before I ask this question. If you cannot be honest in church. You probably can't be honest anywhere. I wonder if there's any here that do not know for sure. That if you were to die you go to heaven. I'd like to pray for you this morning. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I just want to pray for you. The people already stood. They got saved last year. Boy it would thrill our soul. Nothing more than to see another one be saved. If you say, Brother Allen, that's me. I don't know for sure. If I were to die, I go to heaven. Would you pray with me that I could trust Christ as my Savior? I don't know 100% sure that heaven would be my home. Could you pray with me about that? Here's my hand, Brother Allen. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Anyone else to raise a hand? Thank you, young people. Appreciate you. Anybody else to join those that raised their hand? Brother, I don't know for sure. Thank you, young lady. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Appreciate your honesty. Brother Allen, I'm going to join those. I didn't raise my hand right away, but here's my hand. I need to, I need to, I don't know for sure if I were to die, I go to heaven, but I want to know. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate your honesty. In a moment, I'm going to pray. When I'm in my prayer, Pastor Fury here may be able to direct if you'd like some information on that and, or how to be saved. And I'm going to pray for you. Christians, what about you this morning? Maybe the Lord spoke to your heart. Maybe, maybe you've not been praising him like you ought to. Maybe you know you should have moved the knee earlier to, to step out and praise him, but you didn't. Maybe I'd ask the Lord to help your heart this week and to allow him to lead you into those green pastures and then to call others back. Let him lead you. However, the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. At the end of my prayer, Brother Jake is going to begin to play. And we'll have a short time of invitation. You do business with the Lord this morning, however he's worked in your heart. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, I pray right now that you'd lead the rest of this service, God. Thank you for how sweet you've been to us this morning. And Lord, we've been a little bit long this morning, but I thank you for the people's attentiveness. Thank you for their tenderhearted. Thank you for their, their willingness to respond to the word of God and to the goodness of God. And Lord, I pray that you continue to work. Lord, I pray for those that raised their hand that needed to be saved. God, I pray that you save them this morning. Help them understand that they're a sinner. Help them understand that Jesus Christ paid the price for their sin. But without him, they will go to hell. But with him, they can spend eternity in heaven when they die. If they'll by faith receive him as their personal savior, I pray that they would be dealt with this morning sufficiently. Work in Christians' lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Brother Jake begins to play, Pastor Ferry leads us in this time of invitation.